Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween! Today is the Halloween Roundup, but I rounded up these movies in advance so that I could get (gasps) them to you. Cheater! No, otherwise it would have been like middle of November, and that's no good. All right, so you have been watching scary movies for a while. About one a day. And you're going to tell us about them. I'm going to tell you all about them, except I won't spoil them. So as our loyal listeners may remember, I don't generally partake in the whole let's watch nothing but horror movies for 12 hours straight tradition of Halloween. But this is different. This is every day, and two I am, hours. And I am still not doing that. So I am here mostly for color commentary and to be cute. Aww. You're going to tell us about the movies that you watched. Well, I'm going to tell you that I started in a found footage kind of mood. I am shocked. It's the first time I've ever felt that way. So I started with Korean found footage Gonjam Haunted Asylum from 2018. Sounds terrifying. What were your favorite parts about this movie? This is a classic found footage where, you know, a group that does YouTube videos about ghosts is going into the asylum and gonna, you know, scare us with the most haunted asylum around. And as is often the case, they're faking it. (gasps) So they're going in and setting things up. But wait, it's getting them anyway. It's (gasps) not fake. They're faking it, but it's real. They're faking it till they make it. (laughs) And it was a group of like three or four guys and three or four girls. And the guys were in on it and they were pranking the girls, basically, which felt a little unfair. So if I had been watching, I would have been like, yep, you had what's coming to you. Yeah, I mean, except the girls also got got. I mean, we don't know. No spoilers. <laughs> Come on, it's Come a found. On. F- they call it found footage, <laughs> not footage that was handed to us by the people who made it because they're fine. True. So one fun fact about this movie is that I'm a hundred percent sure I have seen it before and. Still didn't remember anything, though. Interesting. So there's that. So it really, like, stood out. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much your basic one. It started out, uh, I, I made a note that it was a waste of a scary setting because, of course, they had this, you know, evil, creepy asylum. And that, that always works. It's good. It's run down, messy, and gross. But the whole time, you know, they're laughing and talking, and it's like none of them are concerned about what's around them. In part because a lot of them are, you know, setting up pranks. And so it just doesn't, it's wasting that setting. Like you don't feel nervous or tense about it. 
But then, like the towards the very end of the movie, it starts to really be an issue, and and then it does you know the scary thing running through halls and all of that. Um, We got some good time space displacement towards the end. That's always fun. Mm -hmm. And so, how would you end up rating this movie? I think it improved itself towards the end, but still is not anything real impressive. It's higher quality than a lot of found footage where you know it's usually made by some kids in their backyard. This isn't like that. This is more professionally done. And I would give it three out of five. I was not expecting that. That's that's (laughs) That's a scary sound. Oh, well, then you would like this movie. (laughs) I don't know that like is the word I would use. What about movie number two? I followed it up. With some more found footage, or should I say lost footage, Mm -hmm. the lost footage of Leah Sullivan, also from 2018. Okay. I'm sensing a a theme, a pattern, if you will. I mean, that's what I was into. This one is, it literally starts with text on screen going, hey, I found this camera somewhere, and this is the SD card that was on it, completely unedited. Here you go. And it's footage from Leah Sullivan, who was trying to film a documentary about a cold case from like 30 years ago in her town where a bunch of people were murdered. And so she's going around interviewing people and stuff like that. And then, of course, it goes Blair Witchy towards the end where she's running around in the house with the camera. In contrast to the previous film, I would say this movie goes the exact opposite in that in the beginning, it's enjoyable and feels it feels like it's going somewhere and it's good. It's got this, uh, you know, she's she's making the documentary, but this is all raw footage. So it's like a lot of laughing and breaking up and doing the lines wrong. And you kind of get this connection to the main character and it works. And, you, and they're building tension and giving you ideas of what might be going on. And then in the end... It's a real disappointment, and I don't think it makes as much sense as the creators think it does. That happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just a letdown of what it could have been. But it was fairly enjoyable. It kept my attention because of the buildup going into the end. I'm kind of mad about this one because it was really good at first. It felt like, wow, someone's doing something with found footage that really is going places. Mm-hmm. And then let down at the end. So all in all, I'm going to give it three and a half squished cans out of five. It's worth watching, I think, but don't expect a whole lot. Don't have high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Tell me about movie number three. Well, here's the thing. We may not have mentioned, but I've been on a found footage kick. What? And movie number three is the found footage film... Death of a Vlogger from 2019. Ooh, that sounds very modern with the whole vlogger thing. Although maybe not completely modern <laughs> with the whole vlogger Doesn't thing. That feel like, <laughs> was that a word normal people ever used? I mean, I, I feel like vlogging had its moment in the sun sometime in like the 2010s. Maybe. And then it, it moved on. And... Hollywood caught up by 2019. Yeah. I mean, when and when I say it moved on, it just became like YouTubing. Like, people yeah, still do vlogs, they just don't call it that. Yeah, and I don't know. Whenever you hear blogger or vlogger, 
it's all weird. Like, no, that's just a, that's an influencer or something. You know, it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange. The world is weird. Well, was death of a vlogger equally weird? It was sort of weird. What it was at first was a paranormal activity movie. <gasps> very delightful for you. Um, you know, we started with things moving around in this guy's apartment. And it takes this this path back and forth where it's everything's fake, then everything's real, then everything's fake, then everything's real. Back and forth a whole bunch. So there's a lot of that confusion. And a lot of it is about, you know, what will you do to get followers and stuff? Mm-hmm. Because obviously fakeness is about that. But then is it fake? Because suddenly it's not fake, but... Wait, was it fake? But wait, is it not fake? Etc. On and on. Which made for a twisty film. Like, you think you know what's happening, and then it turns out it's all flipped on its head again. Do you feel like it had a good number of twists, or was it too many twists? I don't think there are too many twists. Interesting. Cine twists, especially. Okay. This was a very much a documentary format, you know, where they were interviewing people and all of that. So that's always kind of fun to do. And I think they did it well all around. It was kind of dumb, like you would expect from a found footage movie. But still, the paranormal activity stuff is fun. Of course, then it's kind of shot in the foot when they're like, oh, but wait, it was fake. But then it's not fake. Right. But then it is fake. But I don't know. It's weird, like we said. Weird experience. But... I kind of enjoyed it as a result of all the all that stuff where you get to watch the corners of the screen and see what you're going to see. So how would you score this one? I'm going to take a chance on this one. It may not deserve it, but I'm going to give it four Hawaiian shirts out of five. Really? It was enjoyable. Now, the thing is, it's been a while since I saw it, so I may be mistaken and it was kind of stupid. So I don't know, but I'm going to give it the four for now. I mean, I was not watching it, but I was in the room while you were watching it. And I, I do think that the, the twists and the, the constant question of, is this a supernatural movie or is this a mm-hmm. debunking supernatural movie, was intriguing. Intriguing, yes. Speaking of intriguing, <gasps> we followed that up with a found footage movie. Shocking! Called Deadware from 2021. I'm pretty sure you were present for this entire movie. In this exact moment, I don't remember anything about it. As you start talking about it, I'm sure I will remember more. No, I think that's an accurate response to this movie. I'm going to say right up front that Deadware is probably the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh my. It's about... Wait, we watched Motorboat. We did watch Motorboat. We watched Road Train. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We okay, and you're standing by your statement. There are worse movies, like in terms of quality and acting and, you know, all that stuff. But this is the dumbest movie. This movie is set sometime in the 90s, like AOL era. And these people are having a video call, which is, you know, new and special for them. They're like, whoa, can you do that? And they do screen sharing, and they use that screen sharing to play this horror video game online and of course it's evil and takes over and murders them or whatever it does and everything about how the computers work was hilariously stupidly wrong and everything about how people 
respond to things was totally wrong. It was just this mystical world of insane people. Like, most of the movie consisted of them looking at the screen and having the dumbest possible questions about it. Like, the game starts with, like, a screen of a a study in a fancy house with books against the back wall and there's a typewriter. Big, up front, in the middle, huge typewriter. You're looking right at it. And they're like, what do we do? (laughs) Maybe we, maybe like in some of those movies, you know, you click on the books and it opens a secret passage and like there's a typewriter right in front of you so this movie infuriated the game designer in you yeah yeah, yeah. it did it just everything about it was so stupid and the way you know it's the way writers write people trying to solve puzzles often it's just so wrong it's hard to get in the mindset of someone who doesn't know how to solve something when you know the solution to that something i think yeah so they're like oh maybe they wouldn't figure out that you're supposed to interact with the giant typewriter (laughs) in the middle of the screen but they eventually figured it out and they moved on what i remember about this movie is how dumb it was well know how upset I was at how horrific this guy turned out to be. Yeah. Like, he gave off quote-unquote nice guy vibes (laughs) from the beginning. Like, I was leery. And then it went so dark by the end. So dark. Right. There's spoilers about that that I totally forgot until you said that. Yeah. It's, It's bad situation. Bad people bad movie it's potentially it it falls into the world of potentially getting a zero from me because of misogyny yeah i mean if if it didn't already have a zero because of just being a terrible movie (laughs) (laughs) well i'm not giving it a zero i loved it i'm gonna give it one and a half hungry ghost door knockers that do not look anything like a dragon out of five Okay. That seems uh, quite generous. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit fun to watch something dumb, but it was terrible. That's fair. Okay, so moving on to movie number five, what do we have? So, I hate to step out of the world of found footage, but I'm coming right back to it, I promise. Okay. We checked out, for certain definitions of we, The Empty Man from 2020. It's a movie starring Max from Happy Endings. It did? You wouldn't know that because this movie starts with like a mini movie starring Max from Happy Endings. It's like 15 minutes of the movie or something that seems unrelated to the entire rest of the movie, though it does come back together and make sense at the end. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's like 100% different characters from the main part of the movie. Just a whole different story that does connect in the end, but you don't know how for a long time. Interesting. Okay. It's about, like, I guess urban legend kind of thing, you know, where if you go on a bridge, you have to find an empty bottle on that bridge, I think, and you blow into it while thinking about the empty man, I think. Then the empty man's going to come get you. But the first day, you'll hear him. The second day, you'll see him. And the third day, he gets you. 
Interesting. Kind of like the ring. I do feel like that's a safer way that a monster could come get you. Like the ring, somebody <laughs> sends you a video, you watch it. Yeah. Like, are you going to not watch a video when someone sends it to you? I like, mean, come on. If you're concerned about death in seven days, maybe. But what are the chances that I'm going to be on a bridge and find an empty <laughs> bottle and blow into it and also be thinking of this thing that I didn't know existed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really requires you to really try to do it, which is, it's one of those things that uh, it's an urban legend that only affects people who know about the urban legend. Sure. has some safety controls built in so it doesn't harm the innocent. Yeah. And the movie kind of goes places from there. It starts out really creepy. Like the, the side story, the initial story, is about these people hiking in the mountains of Bhutan. And they come across a weird thing and they go crazy and kill each other and all this stuff. And it, that's really creepy and pretty cool. And then it goes into this part, which is more like a, you know, it's a missing girl story. And where did she go? And this guy's an ex-cop and he's looking for her and all of that kind of thing. And ends up as a whole cult story and questioning the nature of reality. You could call it cosmic horror if you wanted. But would we want to? Or maybe a little bit Lovecraftian. Ugh. There were no tentacles that I can recall. Okay. So what would you score it? This really caught my attention. I found it really interesting. And the best thing about it that so many movies fail at is that it all ties together and makes sense in the end. It's got all this mystery and it it wraps up in a neat and tidy bow. Which is why I'm actually going to give this five missing teddy bears out of five. Really? Enjoyable. That is fascinating. I honestly did not expect for you to come across a five in your marathon watching. I was surprised, too. It's just a weird coincidence that it happened to be when I stepped away from found footage, but I'm sure sure we'll be better off when we get back to found footage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so with that brief foray into quality horror... Sorry about that. Where do we end up for film number six? I think you watched a significant portion of their watching from 2016. This was a found footage movie where we follow the crew of Home Hunters Global as they help a woman. Well, first they helped a woman buy a house in Moldova. Okay, you say the word house. Yeah, it was a dump. It was a shack. It was a a moldering shack. It was, I mean, yeah. On the far outskirts of an abandoned village. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh, this is lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. But that's part of this movie is it was practically a comedy. I don't know if you would count it as a comedy, but it was over the top and ridiculous. Nothing really made sense. Mm -hmm. It was all pretty silly. And we're following this crew as they are coming back a year later or however much later to, you know, see what she's done to fix up this absolute rat infested closet. Yes. They talked about how they had gone to other places and there had been no improvement over the year. And like they were not expecting much. But they get there. And it's so lovely. It's beautiful. She has done it all up nice. It's almost fairy tale like (laughs) Actually, yeah. It's got a real Hansel and Gretel vibe. It really does. (laughs) Which is kind of where we go with this. It's a very kind of a fairy tale story. And the people of the village are not friendly. 
They are mm. aggressive and violent and they're everywhere. And I'm not going to spoil where the movie goes, but let me tell you that in the end, this movie goes so far off the rails. It goes from fairy tale, which is already outside of reality, yeah, to comic book? Yeah. Cartoon like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> it becomes ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it goes absolutely insane. It's been very grounded for the whole time. Like silly, weird, but normal things that happen in the real world. And then the ending segment is just completely insane. Like the most insane Marvel movie ending yes. you've ever seen. When you describe the rest, of the, the beginning of it, it's silly, but in a very somber kind of a way. It's... It's yeah. very fairy tale. It's very like mermaids and stuff, but also walking on broken glass. Like, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that whole old world fairy tale. Yeah, it does that. Teach your children the lesson not to wander into the sea or the dark forest or whatever kind of style. But also very kind of goofy because fairy tales also have weird things like houses you can eat. You yeah, know? You couldn't eat this house. No, it was you a real cannot. house. Yeah, I, I don't know. This was quite unexpected. So does that make it difficult to score it if it was sort of two different movies? No, I think that it all kind of hangs together in the sense that it was all pretty dumb. Okay. Like, it was not great. The The regular found footage part was, I mean, it was like, well done, but it was cheesy and goofy characters that you didn't really care about and all of that stuff. And, and the writing was clunky, like yeah. found footage tends to be. And they made really bad decisions that just make you mad, all mm -hmm. of that kind of thing. And then, you know, there's a twist to the end, but it's really obvious. You know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And then there's the insane ending, which is, I mean, it's a definitely a selling point for some people. This was, it's something to see, but it's also stupid. So I will give this two Doina out of five. Mmm, mm. Doina. And you too can have Doina. Make sure to enter HHHHH as your coupon code to get 10% off your order of Doina. <laughs> okay, that brings us... To lucky movie number seven. What was that? This was more found footage called Willow Creek from 2014. Hmm. Intriguing. Sounds like it could be something serious. Weirdly written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite. Okay, I retract my comment. Well, it is kind of serious. I don't know. Okay. Here's what it is. It's an exact ripoff of the Blair Witch Project, except it's about Bigfoot instead of a witch. And they took out all the entertainment. Right. So it was just a movie of people running through the woods in the dark and waving a camera around. Yeah. Except the first 40 minutes was them walking around a Bigfoot-themed town looking at all the statues and stuff mm. and going, ah, look at this. I have a very important question. Yeah. Was there a map and did it get kicked in the river? There was never a map. They literally end up walking into the woods without a map. And then they're surprised the next day when they can't find their way out. <laughs> so it's that kind of movie. All I remember while you were watching this movie, I was working on something. And all I remember is that for like 17 hours, every time I looked up, they were still in the same tent 
being scared of the same sounds outside. Yes. What you are describing is the 18-minute single-shot scene of them in the tent hearing scary sounds outside. And it is just that. And people online, a lot of them are like terrifying. This is so intense, but it's so boring. There's just little noises outside their tent. Sometimes somebody's clearly walking by their tent and they're just sitting there going, what was that? But what was that? And they don't have any new takes on what's going on. No, And there wasn't like there was a story happening and they were like having a conversation and they would get interrupted or it wasn't moving the plot forward in any way. You were just stagnating in this tent with them. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like the people who were afraid of that scene are people who have lived in cities and have never, ever gone camping (laughs) because that's what the woods sounds like in the middle of the night. Those were squirrels and like birds and owls and mice and stuff yeah was not bigfoot no well except for when it was the rest of the crew walking by the tent well that's still technically not bigfoot (laughs) true but it was probably supposed to be bigfoot yeah so overall just incredibly dull they they spent so much effort You know, every horror movie starts with, you know, get to know these characters so that you feel bad when they're dead. They put so much into that. 40 minutes of really, really boring wandering around this town, followed by the rest of the movie of really, really boring sitting in a tent hearing noises. And I guess it's, you know, you could be scared by it. I understand a lot of people were very frightened. But even so... All you're getting is, oh no, scary noises. Like, there's nothing there. There's no story. There's no explanation. I won't spoil the ending, but there's nothing going on in the ending. About the ending, I will say there is one, like, three quarters of a second moment Mm -hmm. of interest at the end of this film. Of what is that about? Right. That was interesting enough that we rewound and we're like, did we just see what we thought we saw? Uh Like, it was interesting, but the journey to that fraction of a second was not worth it Mm -hmm. and i think ultimately what that moment means is not actually very interesting right because there's no explanation you don't learn anything No. no you literally you get that shot and that's all the information you get and also it's about bigfoot which has never been interesting to me that's just a monkey Oh my gosh. Your sister would be so disappointed to hear that. Don't let her listen to this. Okay. So how are you going to rate this movie that you've described as boring on boring? It is boring on boring. I give this one Bigfoot burger out of five. Okay. That's fair. Definitely don't watch it. It's not worth it. Okay. Moving away from the Bigfoot movie, tell me what movie number eight was. Cropsy from 2009. Okay. So what did you think? Again, I jumped into the found footage because that's where I belong. Because like a fish, you can't survive long outside of the found footage pool. Exactly like fish. Fish have that same issue. Okay. And unfortunately, when I dove into this movie, which was recommended by more than one horror channel, I discovered... That it's a true crime documentary has nothing to do with horror other than the fact that, obviously, murders. I mean, it was pretty horrible. But yeah, yeah, it was not horrific fiction. It was just literally a true crime documentary about the case of Andre Rand 
in New York who allegedly, I mean, he was convicted, but... Of one, right? Yeah, uh, two, I think, by the end of the movie. I don't know. Anyway, they say he murdered like five or six different kids and buried their bodies around this area. On Staten Island. On Staten Island, which I kept laughing about because I was picturing the what we do in the shadows guys being involved. Yeah. So it was tied to fiction in the sense that this documentary was making connections between Rand, who was a real person, and this cropsy urban legend that you know, was used to scare the children into behaving at roughly the same time. Yes. Apparently, if you live in that New York-y type area, somewhere up in that corner of the world, basically the word for boogeyman up there is cropsy, kind of. There's no real specifics. Everyone disagrees. It's just like, a, if you stay out too late, you're going to get murdered by cropsy, whoever cropsy might be. Mm-hmm. And this movie starts out talking about that and interviewing people, and they're like, hey, yeah, cropsy, oh, he has an axe. Oh, he has a hook. Everyone disagrees. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into the Andre Rand case and never mentions Cropsy again until like the last minute of the movie where they're like, and yeah, he's he's like a Cropsy guy. Yeah. I mean, I think there was this idea, this like loose association of that Cropsy sort of started around this asylum or this hospital for disabled children. Yeah. That Geraldo Rivera did a... Yes, a, an expose. Yes, and caused a bun, you know big stir and it got shut down and everything. And that that is also where Rand had worked and supposedly was living while he was committing these alleged crimes. Yes. So that's what it is. I don't even know how I can rate a true crime documentary. That's not my area. What did you think? You watched it. I mean, for a true crime documentary, it wasn't bad. It, they told this story in a way that was easy to follow. True crime always has to do that, like, scintillating, like, ooh, uh-huh. but what But what do we? What did we learn next kind of thing. And it had some of that, but not in an overly dramatic way. And it had some resolution in the sense that Rand did get tried and convicted for at least one or two of these alleged crimes. Yeah. They kind of expressed it like maybe he didn't really do it, and that's just what... Yeah. I don't know. It's unclear. I mean, that's part of the scintillation. It's like, (laughs) ooh, but what if, you know? What if Cropsy is still out there? So, I mean, I have definitely seen much worse, much more boring and less informative true crime documentaries. Like, this one was pretty informative. But again, that's not our area. Like, that's not what we rate. So I don't know how to compare that to fictional horror, which is an entirely different animal to me. It is indeed. Let's just give this a question mark out of five. (laughs) Because this is not horror. Or an NR. We just not did not rate. (laughs) Yeah, a DNR. A DNR. (laughs) Yeah, that seems fair. Okay, so then moving on from this movie that was not really a movie we should have watched to uh, score, what did you watch for movie number nine? Well, this is where I said, I think we should watch a horror movie. And so I picked The Boogeyman from 2023, written by Stephen King in some way. I mean, with the title like The Boogeyman... Seems like it should be a pretty classic horror movie. Nope, true crime documentary. Just kidding. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I was not watching this movie with you, and I was going to be like, 
very surprised to hear you had fallen into another documentary. <laughs> Glad that wasn't the case. It was not. It's about the boogeyman. You know, kids are hiding in bed, closet opens, boogeyman comes in and eats them. That's okay. what it's about. And it is, I mean, it goes right into the, it's rated PG-13 and that's that's what it is. It's one of those blockbuster PG-13 horror movies, you know, it's kind of okay for the whole family Wait, is this the one about the sisters? Yeah. Oh, I was watching that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you know, it's kind of for everybody and it's fun. You know, it's fine. It, I think they did a pretty good job. They had a real creepy monster that they didn't show. They showed a lot, but they didn't show too much until maybe the end where they totally did. And it was a lot of like in the shadows or, yeah. you know, moving off in the distance in a room or something. Yeah, it was the boogeyman. Yeah. And so, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was just a... It was a romp. <laughs> because, you know, it's it's like The Conjuring or whatever. It's, it's horror for everyone. Just yeah. fun teen horror. As long as you're not that little girl who is being attacked by the boogeyman and no one believes you and everyone thinks you're just being dramatic because your mother died. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. You're not. So it was fun. How how would you score the Boogeyman then? I'll give it three and a half Saudi glowing orbs out of five because it was enjoyable and you know nothing nothing real special, but I I would recommend it just for a you know fun little horror movie. Okay. I would say what brings it down is that it doesn't have any real point to it. There's nothing deep about it, but it is one of those horror movies, very common, which is. Not so much about horror as it's actually about grief. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the whole thing's a metaphor for grief and how you handle it. So, I mean, it, it, it does have some art to it, too. So, mm-hmm. what am I to complain about it? Let's give it four glowing <gasps> Saudi orbs out of five. Wow. You know what I would complain about with that? What? The uh, absolutely horrible therapists that those girls oh, were going to. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, that was really well, bad. one of them was someone they were going to and one of them was their own dad and neither one of them were any good at therapy. They were quite terrible. Yes. Okay. So, you've upped that one to 4. Yes. Then what did you watch next? Next up is a Romanian film of found footage because, mm. you know. Cuz for number 10, we're circling back around. I wish I had checked out videos online to get a good list of found footage before I started because I would have watched all found footage if I had had it available. Yeah. Well, so good. lucky for you, there's going to be more found footage to be had in the future. Wait. I can't wait. So tell me about this Romanian found footage. Be My Cat, colon, a film for Anne from mm. 2015 is a film that I had heard about maybe five years ago. Like, I... Been hearing about it for a long time. Couldn't see it. Turns out it's just sitting there on Tubi. You can watch it right now. It is a very unique type of found footage. It's this guy. He says he's a filmmaker. And he wants to make a movie with Anne Hathaway. And so he's recording this, like, mini film to send to Anne Hathaway. Right, kind of a demo of what the movie would be like. He's, He's hired some local actresses to fulfill her role. And he will interact with them and then send that film to her to show her how great coming to Romania Mm -hmm. and working on his movie would be. And she has to come to Romania because he cannot leave his village. No, he has... For emotional reasons. I think he's agoraphobic. They didn't really dive into Mm -hmm. that, but something to that effect. And yeah, as you can guess by that premise, 
this guy is not all there. Mm-mm. He's got some issues. And yeah, it's it's a little sketchy. Like the whole movie has layers upon layers of acting versus not acting. And so like, is he playing the role? Is he really himself? Is he playing the role of playing the role? And same with the actresses. And it gets convoluted and it's a little upsetting like in real terms especially when you look on imdb and find out that he filmed this with no one else around just him and the actresses and you wonder how they felt about that right it was plausible enough in the insanity and the way he was essentially manipulating and bullying these actresses into doing things that they knew they shouldn't be doing and that weren't safe but that they couldn't quite pinpoint why it wasn't safe or how to get out of it in a way that wasn't gonna upset the patriarchy (laughs) and so then terrible things happen to them but it's all done in such a plausible way that you're like but wait did did the actress playing this actress know was she safe (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty weird and as a little twist The video I watched that told me to watch this movie and reminded me to put it on my list mentioned the guy who directed this is a really nice guy and he'll leave you messages, you know, on the reviews you write. And on that YouTube video, he left a comment saying, oh, so thanks so much for telling me I'm a nice guy. And now I'm very afraid that he's going to reply to this review right here. Luckily, it's the roundup, so he might not notice. Yeah, it it was... When you think about that, like it's hard not to conflate the person making the movie with the character that person is playing in the movie. And then, so like from what you were reading, this guy is also like a deep method actor Mm -hmm. who I suspect has a few similarities with the character that he plays, who was playing a method actor, (laughs) but crazy. And you're like, well, how many similarities do you have? Yeah, it's a little scary. I found it fascinating to read about how when the movie was being filmed, they used like this two language system to like sort of as their safe words. Like yeah. the movie is filmed in English, so anytime the actresses went into Romanian, then that was them being like breaking character and like getting into back into the real world or i guess you know not just the actresses like that was what was used as the okay now we're out of the movie and we're talking like real people except that every once in a while in the most dangerous moments of the movie the actresses rightfully fell into their native language because that's what happens when you are most scared and Mm -hmm. you know angry and whatever and i'm like Okay, wait a minute. So your safe word was something that happens anyway in the most dangerous situations. Yeah. And there's a part in the movie where something terrible is happening to one of the actresses. And she starts screaming in Romanian. And the the movie suddenly cuts a little bit ahead to where he's like talking to the camera and going, Okay, well, I got to do this now. And it... I get the impression she may have stopped the filming right there. and I mean, that makes sense. It's a little yikes. I don't know. The whole thing is very trippy. artsy because uh-huh. he apparently only used the first takes of everything he filmed. I mean, he didn't use everything he filmed, obviously, but 
he only used first takes because he felt like those were the best after he tried, you know, selecting tapes. filmed, like, what, like 40 or 50 hours of film? 25 hours. Oh, but, that's yeah, still a lot. He, he had to go through all that to chop it down into a movie. Yeah, and that's that's what he made. There were a couple times after we saw that, that he had, like, just filmed all of these hours and then trimmed it down. I was like, oh, there are moments where he says the same line in a couple different ways, like with <laughs> like subtle differences. And he's like repeating himself. And I was like, I wonder if he did that initially because he yeah. wasn't sure which line read he wanted to use. But then he ended up keeping them all because the fact that the guy was saying things multiple, <laughs> yeah. you know, multiple times over and repeating himself made him sound a little crazier. Like, yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean... Again, a great fun film where women are being brutalized for no reason. And where it might possibly be a snuff film, we don't know. We don't know. Pretty unlikely. But we don't know. (laughs) Like he kept telling the actresses, everybody knows we're making a film, so they're not going to come if you scream. Yeah, we're not going to even I told them all that we're making a movie. Yeah. So it's, it's that. And... I actually will say that I enjoyed this, and it, I feel like it's bad for me to say that, and my wife's not going to like me anymore, but the way he acted, he was very friendly and sneakily friendly. Like, he would be putting chloroform on someone, and they're like, no, 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 and he'd be like, no, 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 it's okay, it's just chloroform, I'm just putting chloroform on your face. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's telling them the truth. But what the, the truth is bad. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't want that. No, I, I sort of had the same thought as I was watching this. I'm like, I'm going to score this movie pretty high. Oh, and I'm going to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, it's the, art, it's the artistry of it. It's that it was very clearly, carefully thought out. And those, all of those layers that make it, like, make you think about not just the fictional horror, but also the potential for real horror yeah. buried in there. Yeah. I, it, it made it something extra, Yeah, I and think. just the way he delivered his things. And I really liked the ending. There's an ending to it. Like, it's not like usual found footage where everybody just gets killed and falls dead in a corner Mm. like some stuff happens and it kind of resolves in a cool way and i really enjoyed that so i thought it was just kind of good here's the thing though the ending to me and i don't want to give it away but the ending felt like there could be some ambiguity there yeah. And there, it sort of depended ambiguity. on, like, how you want to make it end. Like, yeah. are you, do you want this to have a, a horror movie ending <laughs> or a horror movie ending? Yeah. But, I mean, so, the, the way it led up to the yes. very ending was clever yeah. and interesting. Agreed. And it was enjoyable. So. I mean, I think I would give this movie four and a half Anne Hathaways out of five. Yeah, that's a lot. I will give it four Anne Hathaways out of five. I hope she shows up, comes and talks to us about this movie. All I could think was I hope she stays far, (laughs) far away. (laughs) I was kind of hoping it would end with a cameo. That would have been fun. That would have been really (laughs) something. That would make me feel better about people not actually dying during the movie. True. Pretty sure Anne Hathaway wouldn't 
be connected with a snuff film unless it was just at the very end and it's like a recreation of that one scene he was doing with the one girl where she was just walking by after you know she <laughs> yeah. left work and she's like walking down the sidewalk and he's following her and the rule is don't let him get closer than one meter to you but don't run right <laughs> very interesting movie um something tells me though uh anne hathaway has a little more security around her than these no-name actresses yeah probably so that's 10 movies a perfect number for a roundup we could have ended there hmm. and yet we decided to put the icing on top of that cake of 10 horror movies by watching Rob Zombie's remake of the classic Halloween from 2007. Indeed. We have in the past reviewed the original Halloween with horror goddess Jamie Lee Curtis. We've done that. We reviewed H2O, which was like the 20 year reunion. Mm-hmm. Remake. No, it's no? just a sequel. Sequel. There's so many sequels. Okay. But there's also so many remakes, and it's so confusing. Well, that's part of the fun, because we've also watched Halloween from, like, I don't know, 2020 or so. This, however, Halloween from 2007, is a remake. It is, and it's, like, it's the same story as the original one, but told... Rob Zombie style. Like, from a different perspective. It's the story told from the perspective of Michael Myers rather than told from the perspective of Laurie Strode. At least that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like the start of the original movie was halfway through this movie when, you know, we get Laurie going to school for the day. Right, right. Which is kind of weird. This this one spent a long time with Michael in his childhood and going through therapy. Well, that's the thing, though. Like that's it's all about like how did he become this person who was attacking Laurie Strode? Yeah, it's all the character development that explains why he's doing all the things that he's doing. Why does he not attack the babies in that in all of the movies? That's like that's a true. thing, right? Like he doesn't kill babies or infants or toddlers or even kids. Does he kill kids at I all? I don't think so, but we haven't seen most of them. True. But I thought it was fascinating that it was like looking at how society turned him into what he was. I mean, he started pretty messed up. But then none of the things that happened to him in the world did anything to improve on that, and they were just making it worse. (laughs) That's true. Maybe that's some of that class warfare you were talking about. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I know we have had this conversation before, but the critics always pan anything Rob Zombie does. And I'm sorry, the man is an artist, And he has a distinct message that is in all of his movies. And it is essentially the class system in America is messed up and is the cause of all that is horrific in the world. I can see that. But I really, I thought it was very interesting how this one, like all of the beginning where you're seeing how he's growing up and his, his mom's an exotic dancer, his dad was some kind of blue-collar something who was injured and couldn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. He was terrible. 
And right, he was a drunk, he was abusive, you know, whatever. His sister was abusive to him. And the only person in his family that he had any kind of healthy relationship with was his baby sister. Yeah. But it compares so much to what I remembered from all of the Laurie Strode-focused movies, where you see Laurie Strode as being this, like, very well-adjusted, upper-middle-class girl. Yeah. Right? And to see the total distinction between how she was raised and how he was raised. And then to think about the fact that they're from the same family. That's true. Just fascinating. There's so much to think about. So much to think about. What do you think? This movie ticked all kinds of boxes for me because I am—I have yet to meet a Rob Zombie movie that I didn't like. Uh-huh. I do feel like of all the long-running Halloween franchises out there and like classic bad guys who keep coming back and, you know, we've gotten dozens and dozens of movies, the Halloween movies are ones that I pretty consistently like. Huh. I think because the Laurie Strode character works for me. Like, she is the epitome of a final girl to me. Yeah. And then this one, you know, it just, there's so many layers to what Rob Zombie can put into a horror movie. (laughs) He is an artist, and I don't care what anyone else says about it. I will say, though, I am clearly in a very, like, the world is terrible kind of mind space lately. When, When the real world is too dark, then I can't handle the really dark graphic horror. So, like, I looked away a lot during this movie Hmm. because that is the one thing, like, if you don't like really graphic gore, you're not going to like a Rob Zombie film. and Well, and a Halloween film. Yes. And so this one, like, it definitely was was maxing out my, my tolerance for gore, but I think that's more of a I'm in a sensitive place than that. Like, I don't think it was anywhere near as gory as, like, House of a Thousand Corpses would have been. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. So, I think I'm going to give this four and a half one-ton gravestones. Mm-hmm. And I think Michael Myers is going to lift all four of them and a half of them. <laughs> and a half. All four and a half of them by himself. Because wow. that's how strong he is. He is very strong. He's a huge guy. A pro wrestler, so you know, that's how they do. That's how, that's how we do serial killers now. How we do? Just find the, the first six eight guy that comes along, and yeah, yeah. And I mean, these kind of movies—they're not my type. Like, there's like the centerpiece of these movies is oh, these brutal kills, but there's nothing interesting about it. It's just choking people and sticking them to walls with a knife and stuff like. It's not something cool or interesting, but people are into it, and I'm not. So I enjoyed the fact that a large portion of this movie was about how Michael Myers came to be who he was. And so I think this might be my favorite Halloween movie, Mm -hmm. but I don't really like Halloween movies that much. I think this is my least favorite Rob Zombie movie Mm -hmm. that we've seen. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll give it three one-ton gravestones out of five. Okay. So that's the Halloween Roundup. We rounded them up. Rounded them up. And now you can go watch them yourself. Enjoy. See y'all next week. Bye. Happy Halloween.
movie review chart. Boop, boop. Halloween. Doing research. Halloween H2O. We should have done. Halloween from 2018. You could just listen to me if you want. Okay. (laughs) I was singing a song.